Welcome to Get Off Zero. Today I've got a very special guest um, who I've known for over a year now, I think. But um, bit of a bit of a background story on that. So um, when I left uh, my school uh, initially, I we had it was a bit of, bit of a sad like state of affairs that I left in the school because we had like a robbery for the the Bitcoin space that I built with the kids and. Yeah, it was it was kind of awful, like the way the the school was kind of, um, I guess, changed into something else that was more aligned with uh, the Department of Education and away from self-directed learning. And it was, yeah, kind of gut-wrenching to sort of leave. So I was kind of sitting there stewing on that. And I was like, well, I could put energy, like negative energy into thinking about that, or I could put it into something positive. Um, and it ended up being a white paper that I wrote <laughs> about a decentralized autonomous education system. Um, basically taking all the elements for the the learning that the kids did at my school and making that kind of for everybody. Like how do we make the, the learning that happened there applicable to, to anyone and, and um, anyone around the world sort of thing. And so I, at the same time I was reading about Blockstack and they had moved to um, Blockstack 2.0, which they rebranded as Stacks. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So like all that cool tech decentralized tech that was on um block stack initially you could do on the btc blockchain cool posted that into this uh chat group um on discord so the stacks chat group and i was like is this the rantings of a madman <laughs> for my white paper or does this make sense to anybody and it was a really nice gentleman by the name of jack <laughs> got back to me and said yeah this is awesome man and then we yeah started spitballing some some pretty cool and wacky ideas for like the next year, I think. <laughs> after that, which was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I'd like like to welcome uh, Jacques. Thanks thanks for jumping into this. Do, do you want to give us a bit of a background to yourself, sort of what you're up to, what you do, and yeah, a bit of a bio if you can. Sure. Uh, yeah, my name is Jacques Achille. Like for for work, I go by uh, Trainfarb, and uh, my background is in civil engineering and construction management. I had my dream job, dream company right out of school. And then it was honestly, it was a I volunteered for a week. I was getting burnt out at work. <clears throat> and I, I volunteered for a week in Haiti. That's where my dad's from. So I got a French name. And uh, just really changed my perspective on everything. So after that, um, I quit my job about a year later, started up a, a nonprofit. I wanted to help other people volunteer so they could have a similar experience. But then I realized that everyone has different interests. So then a friend and I started, friend and I started teaching ourselves how to code and design. Uh, and it was like a, a donation application. And as we were doing that was when uh, I really started to get, that was around 2016. And then uh, same, uh, my friend that was coding with, with me, he sent me stuff about blockchain and Bitcoin and all that. And that was the catalyst that like, I had so many wild ideas about how much, how like, volunteering and just people collaborating could be but it just it didn't seem like I had the tools to make it happen but then like the instant that I started learning about blockchain bitcoin and just decentralization it just completely opened up like my perspective even more and just changed my approach to everything and uh so, so, so before before we get into that sorry to cut you off like what what was your yeah, yeah. What what is your official profession now, and what was it sort of then? I suppose my profession then was I was like a project engineer right out of school. So with that, like you're on site, 
Um, early on, you're just like reviewing submittals and you're making sure that the designs that the subcontractor is bringing in matches what the architect wants and just a lot of coordination, budgeting, scheduling, and just verifying quality of work. I was working on, it was like a $90 million project down at the University of Chicago, the David Logan Art Center. It was a really, really beautiful building. It was a cool building, but it, it took a lot out of me. <laughs> nah, right, right. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think one aspect of it, it was like just being strictly in an engineering role. Um, I felt like it, uh, it didn't allow me to be like creative enough, even like just wanting to change up spreadsheets at work. People would be like, well, we just do things a certain way here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, yeah. rubbed me, me the wrong way a little bit. So I still have that project engineering aspect in me. It's kind of how I schedule all my work and, and, and produce it. But I my role now, I just call myself a project design engineer. So yep. and with that, so like I, I want to help um, individuals, families. Uh, I've tutored before, so I, I would love to help families and also uh, and businesses. I want to help them just productize their goals. So like, let's take your goals, let's reverse engineer them, figure out what like the key aspects, the like, key checkpoints, and then um, help them monetize like their progress as they go through it by mm, mm. you know, kind of like turning. In a sense, it's turning their goals into like a proof of work protocol. Like these are my goals. These are my points. I got to this point. This is what I said within my protocol, what I was going to produce. So there's my proof of work. Yep. And then that proof of work is typically something that you would be able to, to sell. Um, but then the idea is that you're able to live out your purpose when you do that because you're learning what you want to achieve your goals. And I think it's also beneficial if you can offer up a service, offer value to others, but then ultimately teach others how you went about it in the first place. So it's like, it's, it's kind of allowing people to work towards whatever it is, whether they want to create a DAO or just change their diet or, you know, or purchase a home, whatever goal they want to work towards, they can turn that into a protocol and then teach others how to do it as well. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And you've, you've got a whole framework um, built out for that pretty much now. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it uh, more recently. I've been thinking about it as like a real operating system because um, Ooh, I like, that. The, like the our story, like our collective story, our story, open source operating system. So just OS3. And it's it's meant to be a way that, that just allows people to effectively create their own social network with their own applications. So like my profile is just going to be on Notion, my data storage like for me to own the data is going to be on github my publication is going to be on substack so i want to use all these platforms as a tool to learn about the, the the different benefits from each of them and then as this continues to go on i'll have lessons learned and i'll have like oh i wish this was accessible in notion what if notion and github can merge together and then as developers start to join the ecosystem Maybe we can build out software and actually finalize some of these protocols that we're piecing together into yep. a blockchain. I mean, that's why I'm so excited about the school of Bitcoin, obviously. So <laughs> it's like right now I'm using uh, this site called Lemon Squeezy to, to share the, the courses that I've been creating. Oh, But ultimately, once we have the school of Bitcoin, I mean, I, we can just instead of using that, let's just put it like list courses up on uh, uh, within, the, within the days. That's, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. that's where I really 
Yeah, so to fill people on, on the day, so that's been a a, a a project that sort of morphed into a million different things, I suppose, since we've had so many <laughs> brains on that. Um, so like a marketplace, we've had like all these these cool concepts uh, for this decentralized autonomous um, education system. Uh, more recently, and you, you, I don't think I've filled you in on this, we've, we're actually looking at writing an accredited Bitcoin course um, specifically with that. So well, it's been pretty cool. It's like a 21-day course. Um, we've put up a video um, last week, actually. So me and Gordon went through, like, basically, I've got everything up on GitHub, um, all the, the steps for each each day that we want to do. We've had some awesome feedback on that. So what we were sort of thinking is, like, the um, at the end of that course, if we can get it accredited, and if not, we can do an intake and then sort of reapply through, through ASQA again. Um, and I'm, I'm studying my TAE, so my teaching cert at the moment. So I'm sort of learning all the bits and pieces that you need to do to, to get things accredited. Um, but if we can do that, I mean, we'll have the, like the first accredited Bitcoin course in the world, which will be like awesome. Um, and then at the wow. end of that, the, the stacks grant that we have, like we still have that, that learner fund sitting there ticking away, um, for, for students or for learners to apply, for whatever project they're working on. So as part of the days, this is a, a concept that I think we came up with uh, together, like having that that fund where learners can sort of apply to to create their projects or whatever they're working on, they can pursue that and we can can foster that. And not just with, with a, a fund, but with people that can actually um, interact with them and help them build out whatever that is. So like through problem-based learning, project-based learning and, and building things out. But... Yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. So, like, writing up a a course for it. So it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty awesome. So, looking at May ish, if we can, because it's when I sort of finish my uh, teaching cert, um, to either spin up our own RTO and do it that way, or yeah, just just run it and then see if we can get it accredited later on. But pretty exciting, pretty exciting stuff. So that's to fill you in on where we're at with the school of Bitcoin. Oh, and weird, weirdly yeah. enough, how how weird is this? There's a there's a guy in Western Australia, who um, my friends over there now, there's a, the uh, I think through BitRefill, they're sponsoring a um, a baseball team that's over there. So it's like a Bitcoin baseball team that's in Western Australia, in Perth. But um, he met a guy who's spun up something called School of Bitcoin. And I was like, what the hell? And it's just the guy who's like, oh, yeah, I wanted to teach. He's like a math teacher who wanted to teach people about Bitcoin. And he's like written all these lesson plans. So He's going to jump in on the faculty meeting on Friday, I think. So you're, you're welcome to jump into that. So it'd be pretty interesting. But yeah, yeah. great minds think alike. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, amazing. Yeah, I did. Uh, I saw. I was only able to watch the first half of your your and Gordon's uh, oh, conversation cool. from last week. But yeah, it was. Uh, that's really that's exciting. I like the 21 day course. That just makes a lot of sense. And um, and, and, and yeah, and that's. Good. I suppose packing as much as we can into that time frame. So what I'm thinking is like it's 21 weeks essentially. So meeting up once a week and then, um, yeah, like you have projects to do throughout the week, then coming back together, building them out. I think because that's how I'm doing my TAE, so teaching. So it works well. So it's like once a week you go off, do your assignments, come back and rah, rah, rah. And it's, I like that. I think it's, it's kind of the way to go. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. Yeah, and that's uh, how that's yeah. Go, each of uh, each of the prop each of the steps throughout the process, they all 
effectively are. It's just like a one week course. So it goes from onboarding to like project management, uh, like meeting protocol, branding, all the way up to like a brand story. So I do like the one week, one week breakout. That makes a lot, makes a lot of sense. It does. It does. Particularly for, for groups, I think, to sort of go off and come back together and, and sort of, um, yeah, chat about what they've done and, and exchange ideas. I think it's really good. But anyway, that's that's getting into school, Bitcoin and other stuff. I want to talk about you today. This is, <laughs> is a learning journey podcast about you. Um, so, yeah, like, so go, going back in time, um, before you get into Bitcoin or um, yeah, blockchain or any of that sort of stuff, do you remember the first time that you questioned money or where it came from? You know, it was it was a while after um, I even found out about like the blockchain and all that. When I, when I first when I first learned about blockchain and Bitcoin, all I was thinking about were applications or abstractions of it, without mm-hmm. realizing. That like the underlying aspect of it was like the energy, the money that runs is like the fuel through everything. So I think I was, have you ever heard of uh, Ivan on tech? Yes. He, he has like, he has just like a, YouTube channel? Talks about like, yeah, yeah. He talks yeah, about yeah. YouTube. All that, yeah. Um, but I mean, he talks about Bitcoin and all that, but uh, he had a course that I, I took online and it started off with like talking about money. And I'm like, why are they starting and it was it was so fundamental where it seemed like when it first started, I thought it was just like really, really simplified. I was like, why do I need to know about this? I know what money is. But then as I started talking more and more, I realized I was getting more and more confused and just realized how little I knew about it. And I think that was I think that was 2017. All right. It was not okay. not that long ago. So this was 2017 or 2018. It was after I learned about Bitcoin and blockchain. And um it's it's really interesting that I never once thought about what money was before. Yeah, before that. that is that is that's fascinating, and it, it, most people don't, right? Like you kind of just take it for granted. It's this thing that I use to to do whatever, and um, it's always kind of been there for us, anyway. So for us in sort of yeah. the world, quote unquote, for people in third world countries, not so much, right? Like uh, you 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 take for granted that you can use a credit card and go and you know buy stuff or buy stuff online or whatever it is but yeah not everyone has that that luxury and i think yeah for, for me i think it was like it was obviously well well before that and i've gone into that on this podcast a few times so i won't bore people again but um i think it's like it's such a it's such a like a concept that um i think for people in the western world like you don't think about it as i still have friends today like the, i bring up the topic and they're just like oh what do you mean like they think it's weird <laughs> that i care about it you know what i mean and it's just like because we're such in such a, a privileged sort of um society we don't have to think about it but i think those days are changing <laughs> rapidly so the next few years is going to be interesting for people who've never thought about that before but yeah well that's, right. that's that's an interesting um interesting yeah perspective so 2017 right oh so after you heard about Bitcoin, so most people that I've interviewed have been like, it's been before that. So, interesting. oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, so, so your Bitcoin origin story then. So, 2016, you sort of learned about it. Then, what was the um? So, you, your friend introduced you to it, or what? What was the catalyst? 
Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I'm not sure. I think I might've just been, I might've been looking into open source software. I'm not sure exactly what, what I was looking for, but I just, I remember I came across, I have to look at the actual Ted talk. Um, it was a woman who was talking about just like the power of decentralization and blockchain technology. And, um, it just, it was, it blew my mind. And I was talking to my friend about it and he had already, at that point, he had already been purchasing Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I'm like, why haven't you been telling, why didn't you tell me about this? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so that was, that was my intro to it. And then, um, it kind of, I didn't do much with it at that point. It, I don't think it wasn't until a couple of years later when I actually started, uh, learning more about it or buying some, but then it wasn't really until 2019 when I really started like putting more energy into it. It was like a slow drip of like, Oh, I'm now aware of what it is. And let me see how this changes my ideas of what I'm already working on. And it wasn't until a few years after that, when I actually started to dive in and want to learn about the actual fundamentals and the information behind the protocol. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And so you obviously, you mentioned Ethereum. So you obviously looked at um, like altcoins within that time and sort of, um, I suppose the the different applications for different ones as 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 have I over the years. Like what's what's been in your experience with with altcoins? Stacks obviously is one of them. <laughs> what's what you say? Stacks is one of them, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stacks hey. is one of them. Um I I I feel like when I uh first got into it, I bought into the hype more than anything. You know, I, yeah. I was yeah. looking and I was I had friends that were investing. They were buying stuff on like just back then Binance was a lot sh- <laughs> Shibu Inu coin, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're buying these coins for like fractions of a cent and they were skyrocketing. So all I was doing was trying to find that for myself. Yeah. yeah. And you know, also then you're just like you're throwing money in here and there and you're just kind of like spreading it out all over the place. Some of it's going to zero and just kind of chasing stuff around. Um gambling. And it just yeah. Bitcoin. <laughs> Yeah, Bitcoin was not attractive because it just wasn't moving much. And it seemed like at the time, it seemed like it was already had to have already been at the peak. It used to, yeah. be, at, used to be at nine cents and now it's at $500. There's no yeah. way I could buy it now. It's too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's that's really how I started with. And even then, I was just like dabbling a little bit with, with like all coins. Um, and I, I think in 2020 is when I really, really went all in on like when, when things are locked down yeah yeah everyone has time to just you know focus on projects or just research and i went i went pretty heavy in just learning a lot about like the specifics of decentralization really digging into like what bitcoin is and then um i i i, I liked uh like polka dot i thought it was just really interesting how they were going about like their their, their mode of decentralization and uh um like their sharding uh, principles. And so really out of all of it, I mean, there was a lot of bad altcoins that I've purchased, but I would say <laughs> I really just landed at just wanting to focus on, on Bitcoin yeah. and like do altcoins. It's like, I just, I like learning about the philosophy behind things Absolutely. like Polkadot, yeah. you know, just, yeah. I think it makes me think about how communities can operate and like, it's kind of, they have, people that are trying to steer it in a certain direction. Like, I love that Bitcoin is just, it just exists. Yeah. But yeah. it's interesting, like certain communities and how they apply it. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's where people sort of get 
they conflate like the the gambling with um like you said like community building and not even just the community building but like the, the there is cool tech being built in other projects but it's not necessarily a vehicle to dump money into right so people get the two things mixed up it's like yeah, there's people gambling on Shibu Inu coin over here and then there is interesting things being built I wouldn't recommend putting money into any of them but that's not to say there isn't cool stuff being built so it's like <laughs> you know what I mean it's like the, the yeah. energy transfer and like like you were saying like the people sort of pumping into um coins that were like you know whatever dogecoin or whatever it was um and then it, it pumping up what people don't think about when they're they're trading those coins is there's someone else on the other end of that trade that's getting hurt when you're doing that right so like and i, I mean i've been guilty of that thinking oh this is going to be great like back, back in the day like whatever but when you sit back and think about it like you're if you you are gambling like that it's it's someone else is is losing if you're winning sort of thing so it's a it's not a it's not a good environment i don't think so supporting development and decentralized tech absolutely and if if that means um supporting them by you know giving energy transfer to that i would say even like you know the proof of work protocols so like if you really love a project like i still like handshake i think it's fantastic i run a node for them and it and a, and a miner and it's like low energy, but you know, you're contributing to a project that you think is cool. Awesome. Like give energy to that project. <laughs> Gambling, it's another story, right? <laughs> it's two completely separate things. That's what kind of irritates yeah. where you have like um people fighting on Twitter about different protocols and stuff. It's like, yeah, guys, it's not the protocol's fault. It's people gambling <laughs> with that money. That's right. that's the problem, right? So yeah, interesting. I'm with you hundred percent on that. And I think like the the whole altcoin um, journey needs to be like, it needs to be reframed. I think, and um, I I do like what Stacks is doing, like with the the ability to sort of write um, you know smart contracts and all the stuff that you can do with Ethereum NFTs and all that sort of stuff, and then writing it to the BTC blockchain. I think that's awesome. Um, but yeah, again, I think it's if if you're just looking at the trading trading like the the token that they created it's, you're probably thinking in the, the wrong direction i reckon um right but yeah so that's that's cool i think you you're on the right track so with that like obviously like the the big one being uh, btc and um i think the the best way to sort of um help yourself and help that network one of the best ways is dollar cost averaging um and it's an investment mechanism that one there isn't anyone on the other end of the the trade that's getting hurt by that um but two it means um you're sort of supporting the network and you don't have to be freaking out looking at the price going up and down every day um doing that so it's the one i sort of recommend to to people that are interested in btc um specifically like you know you can say five bucks a week if you want and sit and forget it and not think about it and Amber's the tool that I use for that. But do you um have you DCA'd in the past? Do you recommend DCAing? And yeah, what's your philosophy or your take on that? Yeah, I absolutely recommend DCA. That's all I that's all I recommend to everyone. Um because you know, just it's been apparent, like time has shown that the price is gonna fluctuate a lot. But even though the price fluctuates 
like the underlying technology and value that is like inherent there is still there. So if you believe in that, then it's worth just dollar cost averaging what you can afford. Like I just do fifty dollars a week, and it's it's with through a service. I just use Swan, and it's just straight straight through to uh, uh, my my Ledger wallet, and I don't I never even think about it. I just get an email a week. I'm like, oh, there there goes again. So um, yes, one yeah. So I've really just checked out of because before it was very much more like looking at pricing every single day, but now (laughs) I more than anything, I just don't really I don't really concern myself with it. So yeah. Yeah, same here. I love Swan. They're they're such a cool company. I wish they were in Australia. They've um, they on the I don't know if you you subscribe to Bitcoin Jobs, but there's like there's like emails no. that come out, and then on Stack and News actually, Stack and News they have um all the uh Bitcoin Jobs as well. Swan Bitcoin are always posting like new interesting looking jobs as well. Like, geez, that's, that's uh-huh. cool. So, but I think they're all American based. So it's it's all for you. I think <laughs> you should go for it. if you're looking for another job, which I know you're probably not. But <laughs> looks like uh, it'd be a cool company to work for. So, yeah. With that, um, oh yeah. So, does Swan are they custodial? Like as you're buying through them, they. So, it's interesting. So you purchase a certain amount through them, and then once it reaches a certain threshold, you do it like at. Once it reaches 0.01 or 0.1 or 1 BTC, then it'll make an um, a transfer over. Right. So it's, yeah, yeah. So they, they hold it for a limited amount of time. And once you reach a certain threshold, it uh, sends it straight to your, to your wallet. Awesome. So you can do, do your yeah. hardware wallet. That's cool. So you, are you are you using custodial services at the moment? So like the, as part of documenting like your learning journey and where you're up to. So like the concept is sort of getting off zero custodial services for for people along along the way in their learning journey have are you using any and at what stage did you sort of get off them i think i got off them 2021 is when i finally got off them oh right 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 um i mean and really just i got off for bitcoin bitcoin was the only bitcoin and Polkadot. i had some Polkadot both of those on my my ledger wallet and then the rest i just i wasn't planning on doing much with them you know it's just i left the rest on my exchanges i didn't have them on the on the wallet so at this point it's really just yeah just i have a few stray altcoins that are floating <laughs> on that I should do something with but for the time being there's just yeah. just leave them ah oh, nice so yeah yeah that's good so yeah my next question was um your choice of hardware wallet. So obviously Ledger's your your tool of choice. Yeah, that was my my buddy. Um, I kind of like convinced him to to buy some Bitcoin, and he actually purchased a Ledger, and then they gave him two. And he was like, "You want this other one?" And so I wasn't I wasn't even actively looking for it, but uh, I um, <clears throat> once I got it, I even even then I feel like everything my entire Bitcoin my entire journey here is like, I learn about it and then I don't, don't do anything. And then I finally get into it. And when I had ledger, I think it was sitting in my room for like a year before I actually acted. Well, you cracked it open. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's such an easy to use tool. I will say like, I got one on my key ring here. Um, yeah. the, like as a signing device and as like a, a, an easy to use, like open up, you can plug it into your phone if you want to. They're pretty, pretty damn cool. I gotta say, but um, I've, pretty much used every type of hardware wallet i think in terms of usability like really really good in terms of security 
the okay because I don't know if you if you know but basically they're um closed source so no one can review the code um and also I didn't know this but they've got a battery in them that actually fails after x amount of time um really yeah yeah which is so it's worth thinking about because um the, I know Trezor doesn't, so Trezor's open source as well, so you can actually get grab a Trezor. Um, people review the code all the time, and it's it's pretty secure because of that. Um, and uh, Cold Card's the other one. So Cold Card, Cold Card's a, a steeper learning learning curve, I think, to utilize because it's <clears throat> it's like air gapped and really security conscious, but <clears throat> fun to use once you actually get it up and rocking. Um, yeah. Whereas, yeah, Ledger's, I, th- I think Ledger's a good sort of stepping stone to getting to these other um, open source technologies that are maybe a little bit harder to use, but definitely worth uh, pursuing if you if you have the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah. So, Interesting yeah. because those, like all of these different aspects, they've been, I think the reason why there's been a delay in my education is just because it is, it's intimidating. I think coming into it initially, you're like, I don't have time to get into that right now. (laughs) It just seems like haunting. And I remember the first time I was using my ledger, I was worried that I was like going to enter something wrong or get locked out. And, um, you know, the whole, I understand the people's aversion to it, but once you do start using it and realize that it's, it's a pretty regimented process that you have to go through, but it's, it's easy to learn and keep up. So there's a, there's a, there's an, um, uh, what are they called? Tap signer. I don't know if you use tap signer, but um, basically, if I got it here, there's no, I don't. It must be in the other room. Um, basically, it's like a a card you can put into your wallet, and it's got NFC on it, and you can tap it to your phone as multi-sig, and it's so easy to set up with um, a software is called Nunchuck. So Nunchuck's, Nunchuck's a fantastic hot wallet, sits on your phone, and for the multi-sig, you can literally set it up within five minutes. No remembering long strings of characters, no passwords, no anything. So it's literally just uh, a pin. So you still have a pin, but you okay. do your transaction, tap, done. And you can actually do... Um, multi-signature as well, that easy as well. So like you could have a, a, a seed sign or a um, tap signer. I can have one. I go, all right, Jack, I need to do a transaction. Tap, you tap, it's done. Like it's that easy. It's, oh, wow. it's incredible. So I'd highly recommend it. And it's cheap too. Like I think it was like 15 bucks or something. Like totally oh. worth doing. And if I'm, I'm thinking like long-term, if you have like, you know, your parents or something, or oldies who like forget everything, that's the way to go. And you can you can set it up so it's like um easy for them to do because it's just like an app that looks like anything else. Really nice UX, and they just keep this thing in their wallet and tap it and away you go. So I reckon that's that's kind of the future, making it as easy yeah. as possible for people. Um so moving on to hash rate, so getting off zero hash rate. Um I'm mining here i've got some some home miners i've actually got a, a watts miner sitting here that's once i plugged it in it was too loud and hot <laughs> so I like unplugged it so i need to think of a solution for it um 
have you dabbled in mining at all or, or thought about hash rate or sort of why why the hash rate's important to, to the network? Uh, I've dabbled in I've dabbled into learning about it a little bit. I've got a uh, I've got a Raspberry Pi here. I have not uh, I've, I was I was always thinking about turning it into a, a little at least a node. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you can mine off from those, but uh, I haven't actually gotten into it. I think I went to I went to a single meetup with the company that was trying to talk to people about how to, it seemed like a weird pyramid scheme. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> give us some of this. And then our miners like bring you this profit back. And I'm like, I'm right, not, right, not right. But, uh, like a, like cl- just, cloud mining? Was it like a cloud mining <laughs> operation or something like that? Maybe, yeah, I don't know. But it just, yeah. if I was going to, I would want something that I actually had. It wouldn't really feel like I was participating in the decentralized network if I didn't have it at home. True, um, true would like to do that um how how big is so do you have one running right now or is you don't have i do a, i do actually just just oh. behind this camera outside <laughs> i've got like a, oh, little, yeah. a little tent sort of thing <laughs> but um you're it off just for this call or you turn it no no it's, it's, on, it's on all the time oh okay yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. um but no the um the the Miners that I have, I've got the Apollo miners. So they're basically low power miners that you can run from home. I mean, the, the terahash I've got, I think I've got like 14 terahash uh, running off them, which isn't, isn't you know, the most in the world, but you still get sat rewards every day. And what I like about that is obviously the learning aspect to it because you can read about mining till you're blue in the face. Like I was mining back in the day with like GPU miners and it was a lot of fun lot of learning involved with that and then you know when you're not doing stuff all the time it's kind of like memory erase i've forgotten about that so because home mining wasn't really that viable and yeah asics were quite expensive um the yeah the middleman was like this these uh future bit apollo miners that are like yeah low powered um rock them at home and sort of away you go and um yeah like they actually run a full node on, on them as well so like you're, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone although you can't yeah. do any lightning stuff with them so yeah i'd still recommend like rocking your own node if you can so if you've looked mm-hmm. into um like i run citadel here i've been playing around with um umbral as well i don't know if you've seen umbral but they're they're pretty cool you can run them basically on anything and it's really nice ux so if you've got like an old laptop old computer you can actually spin up umbral mm-hmm. one of those you don't even need a raspberry pi um which is i mean the the i don't know what sort of raspberry pi you've got is it a four or a three a four yeah a four. Oh, you should be should be fine then yeah um with yeah i'd, I'd probably recommend umbral or citadel them to to spin it up and then you can play around with the lightning apps and all the cool things you can do with that and there's you probably dig it more than anyone actually like they've got um through umbral it's got like a use user interface that just has all these decentralized apps you can spin up and install. So like um, sync thing is baked into it. So you can actually set up a sync thing instance. So you, you're sharing your data between whatever devices you have with that. Um, there's like a myriad of next uh, own cloud is one next clouds one. So like you, you or own cloud. Um, yeah. Owning your own data, like a whole bunch of stuff. IPFS so you can actually run actively on there. And it's just like one button click. So yeah, highly recommend it. You'll, you'll dig it for sure. Oh, wow. um, okay. oh. So that was actually my next question. If you're running a, a node, so <laughs> oh. <laughs> soon, soon to be. <laughs> soon to be. 
I even think that's I think that's something that I wanted to one of the first courses I wanted to to work on for the days was helping people set up a lightning node. I think the lightning network is really really fascinating. It is. Pretty, yeah. It is. Um, it is. Have you have you used it much? I haven't. No, I mean I have the strike uh, application. Um, you know, like the same one that's plugged into to Twitter. So I know that that runs on Lightning. I uh, the the company's here in Chicago as well, and I it's I, I like that company a lot. But I don't use it too often. Like I've yeah, worked yeah. with a few people trying to get them to just like if they could send me through it, but they were in New York and it's not even it's not available there. So um, oh really? I've, I've, Is it, it only available yeah. in, in certain states? Yeah, I think it's it's only a few that it's not. And I was surprised that New York was one of them, honestly. Weird, weird. Well, maybe not that surprising. So so they had, um, New York had like the first Bitcoin center. I actually went and spoke there back in, God, 2013 or 2014 or something. And then, yeah, after that, there's a whole docker on it. Like the Wall Street people like shut it down. So there's like, Mm -hmm. it was real nasty actually because it was a wicked space, like really decked out. They had like all these like really like cool activities in there as well. And um, yeah, they just like did the dirty on them and yeah, the wall street guys didn't like it. So I'd say um, that's probably has something to do with strike not being available there as well. But how, how do you use strike? Yeah. So I've, I've wanted to sign up as well, but it's not available in Australia. Like what's, what's the ins uh, and outs of it? It's a pretty simple user interface. So, I mean, you just, uh, I think when I first signed up, there was a short waiting period. It might've been a couple of weeks before I was like, actually like allowed onto the platform. But then once you're in, it's just three different screens. It's just the screen that you that has your profile that you can share your address with someone else. A screen that kind of shows the pricing. And then um, uh, another one where you could purchase. So it's very, very stripped down application. And it seems like they want to be more of a, you know, like how they're being used as a service on Twitter. Yep. Um, it's, I mean, if, if you have Venmo, uh, it's pretty similar to Venmo. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, it's strictly focused on, <clears throat> do you know that it's, I mean, you could also send US US dollars through as well. It's not just uh, Bitcoin, but uh, yep. yeah, it's just Bitcoin and in and, um, and US dollars. So so it's it's USD over Lightning though, right? Isn't that how it's? What's that? Like, so it it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so it's like, you can so the idea from what um, Jack Mallers has um, explained from his closet in Chicago, um, yeah. which I love. I love those interviews. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. What you do in this like barren <laughs> closet with nothing behind it, <laughs> um, but like the 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 concept is basically Aussie dollars this side. Lightning Network, USD on your side, and you never have to know that you've used Bitcoin in the middle sort of thing. So cool. So, so cool. Mm-hmm. There's there's an app called um, Vita, so Vita.page, um, and that basically lets you do that, like, so you can sign up. We're actually using it for for tutoring, so we set up, like, a tutoring page on the School of Bitcoin, another, another wacky idea that we had one week. But, yeah, we'll throw that up as well. Um, but basically, it lets you sign up with a credit card, and then that credit card, you pay for communication. So you can do like um, video streaming, co- like audio calls or messages, and you set your fee. But the fee the person pays on their end gets changed into BTC over Lightning to to the person. Like this is 
a killer app. I can't believe it hasn't like exploded because it's available all over the world and it means everyone can be interacting over BTC without the end person sort of knowing it, which is so, so cool. Such a cool technology. Yeah, I think I think I actually joined that call um, oh, cool. when you went over. <laughs> but I think I think I have an account, but I haven't I haven't used it. And I was I was now that I've been putting starting actually to put courses out. Part of it is going to be doing me doing one on one like training with people. So I've been thinking of using that as a, a mechanism for for payment. Then, um, yeah, I think that'd be perfect. Absolutely, yeah, you should do <sighs> that. So, so to dive into that, but I've got other questions, but. Going into your 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 new project now. So with that, it's it's obviously teams you're working with, individuals. Like, do you, do you want to run us through like how like where you're at with that, and then sort of what your your future journey is going to look like with that as well? Sure. Um, yeah. Like last year was all like pretty experimental, like self funded, and I was just trying to figure out how the the, the mechanisms could all potentially work. But uh, near the end of last year, I really got settled into a few different like promising projects. Like um, I was just in Rwanda back in November. Um, oh wow! Like agricultural project that we're we're doing out there, and it's actually like my my uncle's business. He's he's a chemist, and he just found like a, a new, he found a new technology for using a, ve- a root vegetable that grows like a weed in uh, in like sub-Saharan Africa. And so he's figured out a way to turn it into a slurry that can then be turned into like uh, like an alcohol that you can use to turn into all different types of, of products. Whoa. So with that, um, I'm helping him develop with this. I'm helping him develop a business ecosystem. So he's like, I don't have the time to manage all of this. But I was like, if we can figure out a way where you just put like the technology and the value chain in the middle and then allow the ecosystem to grow around it, yeah. That would effectively be something like a decentralized autonomous organization where everyone understands the shared purpose that they're working towards. And then if there's a team that's really good at branding, they can come in and they can start branding what the, the what the what's gonna turn into. Or if someone's more on like the manufacturing side, they can come in and just develop their own protocol that's gonna operate within the ecosystem. And then so I'm just um at this stage, it's really me working with him and then like i have like six other people that i'm working with on their different size projects and uh it's it's kind of like a building it as we go so like the Mm. first course education based that's like the onboarding how you bring anyone into your own ecosystem so i teach someone the onboarding about how to use it and then they adapt that onboarding in their own language for their own purposes so that then they can onboard people into their ecosystem and then the next step i teach them how I specifically have a project management protocol that I use. And then again, they adapt it for their own system. And then, so effectively I'm at the the third stage where like this whole week I've been working on developing a pretty robust branding, um, brand design system so that someone can put in place. They, so they just answer um, ranges from like 20 to 30 questions. And then it gives them an output that we put together and then uh, we continue to go. So it's going to be, six more uh weeks of this more courses until it's all built out and i'll just be like version zero but then at that point we'll just be able to continue to iterate and uh the real benefit of it is i gain a lot when i go through it with someone because i explain things in one way that makes sense to me but then when i see them translated into their own words for their own purposes it helps me realize how 
how adaptable it can be and how I can improve it uh, in the first yeah. place. So that's effectively, you'll just pull out more and more versions of the exact same course in all different languages, like languages, so that then people will be able to onboard people into like this decentralized ethos that we all have ownership over. Um, but however someone's attracted to it will be something that really resonates with them, which I ultimately just want more and more. I want there to be more options for people to explore their creativity and to express their perspective. You know, mm -hmm. like I think decentralization is important for a monetary system, but I also think it's just like, it's very important for like our collective intelligence because when we're like when our perspectives are centralized around like you know just where we get our information or whatever political system we happen to be in at the time i think it, people have been trained just with our technology to blindly accept the terms of service that's not yeah. a knock on it you know <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's, there's just like a lot of information that's always coming at us so yeah. it's does everyone have the time to discern every single thing that comes through or do they have to like focus on just like the fact that life has a lot going on. So it's easier to just be like, yes, okay. That's what I believe. That's what is, that's what it is. But leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fine, whatever that's what I believe now. So with this, I, I, I want it to be something that's gamified. So whether it's a business or an individual, the discernment, the process of figuring out how to break down your tasks, how to think and like, balance different perspectives i want to help it turn into like a like a sense making game so that people can work towards their goals think learn from different perspectives and just really start to like get a little bit more pleasure and enjoyment out of growing and just seeing different uh seeing what they're capable of man that's so cool i love it i love it is are you sort of open to onboarding people is there someone we can can send people or are you still building out with a small team before you want to sort of launch into, into a bigger, bigger audience. I am. No, I mean, I, I absolutely open to it now. Um, I want as many people to as possible. So um, awesome. it's, uh, I just got, I got a, um, a sub stack. Like I'm just on sub stack. And also uh, we've got, a, like I said, the listing on this site, it's just like a marketplace site called lemon squeezy um, yep. that I have, but it's just, it's like Q3 agency, which is the agency that I work within. Yep. Q3agency.lemonsqueezy or Q3agency.substack is where. Um, awesome. Awesome. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll uh, yeah, yeah, definitely hopefully get people, people coming your way for that. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I still yeah, want yeah. to run through it for the days as well. I think that'll be super important. So once we have the um, curriculum built out and hopefully accredited that piece, like for the, the learner fund, I think that's where sort of the days comes into that. So Definitely, definitely uh, want to pursue that. But go going back to Rwanda, that sounds incredible. We kind of skimmed over that. <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> such a cool journey. Like, whoa, what, what's it? What's it like there? Um, is there? Have you seen any adoption there? Because I know there's a lot of well, in Central Africa. There's a lot of adoption for Lightning Network. I've seen some amazing stuff happening. Mm -hmm. Did you did you see anything like that there? Like, what was your experience like? It was, I didn't see anything specifically blockchain related, but it was, there were so many technological, uh, like just norms that they had there that were really interesting. Like the first was just like the way that they do payments. It's, if you're at a restaurant, you're not giving your card to someone and 
exchanging money that way. You're just using your phone or you're just texting it to the restaurant. It's like, it's really, really streamlined in that sense. Right. Um, and there's a, it's kind of like a central bank digital currency type of thing. So like, there's positives and negatives to that. But like, it's just <laughs> like, like we, WeChat pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, like, it sounds like, you know, just, I mean, everything that Rwanda went through in the nineties, um, there were like this, like the, it's been a massive transition to where they are now. And like the entire like population there, like from across all socioeconomic standpoints, they're all have like a very similar mindset about just wanting to progress together. So cool. when they introduce a new technology that like the, the people that I was talking to there, they just, they adopt it really quickly. Oh, and they're just really, really adaptable. So, um, yeah, that was really interesting. And it gave me a lot of hope because uh, it is, I mean, I've, I've traveled a good amount, but I mean, my whole shift from like a traditional career path happened when I went to Haiti back in like 2013 oh. so or, or 2012. And it was the most similar place I've ever seen to Haiti. But like where Haiti had, I, mean, I was in Haiti after the earthquake. Yeah, yeah, and still like kind of like destroyed, but seeing Rwanda, like they're still on the up and up, but there's so much progress there, and like there's they know where they're going, and they just have direction, and it's really, really, really inspiring. To be so every, everyone's sort of working together instead yeah. of yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that, that's such a cool, yeah. cool. That's so such a cool place to visit. Then, like, and you can see. So I was having this conversation the other day, like why Australia will be like, and and the US as well, will be like the last countries to adopt like lightning and, and open mm. um, technologies as a standard because there's no pain point yet. So like we were kind of saying before, like you have um, like your credit card works, you can go and buy stuff at the shops and, you know, whatever, but it's kind of cool that it's going to flip and it's going to flip like so these like third world countries that have been abused for such a long time that'll be the first world and right countries will be the the third world sort of thing and we'll and it'll happen quick so it'll be like you know gradually then suddenly and then you'll have people being like oh whoa, whoa what happened <laughs> and you know i told you so sort of thing but it's um yeah. yeah it's fascinating to see that's such a cool cool trip like what I do. Do you reckon there's for well, obviously for um, Haiti as well, but more recently, I suppose, having gone to Rwanda, could you see them adopting like the Lightning Network pretty quickly? Then, from what you've seen, I yeah, I think if they had a, a strong enough use case, that they they absolutely would. This is one of the reasons why I was really excited to start talking to you because, like I was, um, like I was saying, there's the specific aspect that I help people work with is like, just like the overall design engineering of the system, you know, like the actual specifics of the technologies is not so much where I come in, but I think mm -hmm. if we had like the ecosystem and the overall architecture figured out, and that was something that we could unleash within like the, the school of Bitcoin and mm. like all the different learners who are more tech savvy uh, that are like legitimate coders ongoing. I think that could be something that would be like a, such a cool project for just like open communities to start building out. For sure. For sure. In, in particular, I suppose like um, 
education programs in in countries like that. So so like uh, Electra's just come back from El Salvador and brought back the the uh, diploma that they have there. Um, that's I suppose that's like the first accredited Bitcoin course like in the world, really. Um, and it's been translated to English. And she went and visited like a bunch of the the schools, and she went to like the rural schools as well, and in places where they haven't necessarily sort of adopted Bitcoin, like they know it's there, they don't really understand it because they haven't had the education. She actually went and brought like the EDU tools, wow. onboarded the students and and ran them through it. So cool. So there's like so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. And they, like you said, because the, the, um, the, there's the opportunity for them to to jump into stuff and accept it really quickly and kind of leapfrog legacy tech. So like um, using a mobile phone, using a, a smartphone over a computer and, you know, a, a centralized internet connection from a household. It's just like they've gone straight LTE for everything and leap, leapfrog that technology. So it's like all on their phone sort of thing. So it's, it's cool. I think there's good times ahead for that. For sure, for sure. Yeah. But um, with with that, I suppose, like, what was your your big big takeaway? How long did you go for to Rwanda? And like, what was the big takeaway in terms of the the technology that you saw there that could potentially like translate to to Lightning? Obviously, the payments. But was there anything else? Uh, I think it was the payments. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I think like uh, I think communication would be in, like they don't have access to all the same communication apps that we do. But even one of the the younger guys that I was talking to there, him and his friends are working on like a an application to connect um, like restaurants and marketplaces and just help them find more. Um, get more access to uh, to like merchants or customers to come in. And so is, is that the protocols? Is it so that I haven't got access to like the same apps? So like for like it's just, app. just, yeah, just yeah. Facebook or whatever, or is it, um, is this stuff blocked or like what, what's the, what's the, um, I think it's these... like smaller, it's smaller apps. It's not necessarily like they have Facebook and Instagram and all of that. It's more like little smaller things like maybe like a telegram or a signal might not be out there. Right, um, right. But um, I think one of the I think one of the most interesting things that I saw when I was there was just how connected even the smallest shops are because you'll have like an actual building and then you'll have something right next to it. It looks like it's the size of a phone booth where you can like buy phone credits or you can like charge like a, a payment card or just buy a little random knickknacks. It looks like it was someone on the side of the street, but they're fully tapped in. They're fully on the register within the country and uh, like within the payment system. And I think that they have a really, their overall government has, they have a really strong governance that's in okay. place there. Right. And uh, I don't know if it could potentially be something that would be used for like leasing like their land leasing and things like that but right, right, right. yeah i'm not too sure what the other applications would be obviously the monetary but uh 
I'll have to think about that one. Yeah, sounds like we need to hit up um, Jack Mellors, I think, to get over there. That's <laughs> get strike in there ASAP. All right, so go, going back to your learning journey anyway. So gone through hardware wallets, um, hash rate, lightning, obviously you've used. Um, multi-sigs, have you, have you, like we kind of touched on it before, have you used multi-sig um, transactions before or, or um, looked into it at all? I've used I've used multi-sig only experimentally. So I worked uh, like I developed um, a company's minting uh, DAP. Like oh. they had an NFT. Like uh, it was like this. Um, it's called it's like the Four Horsemen. It was like a, it's a comic book, right. essentially. Um, um, but uh, it was all f- the multi-sig we used was Gnosis Safe. And we were using it to manage the sale. So we were using it to like to house the NFTs and when like we were doing like drops and things like that. So I use multi-sig just to, to to manage the NFTs. So like that was my only glimpse into it. Um, right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, no well, it's it's definitely worth looking into for like I said, nunchuck's probably the easiest um to utilize, but Electron's uh quite good. It's a it's a really cool open source tool that lets you spin that up as well relatively easy um but it's yeah definitely worth i think for for long-term um thinking like and even for for DAOs. so like i know you're working with people forming sort of DAOs. i think that's kind of key and central to that as well right so like if you're going to have um people working and even just regular companies really like i think um i know michael saylor who's probably has the most Bitcoin publicly uh, of, of anyone in the world. Um, I think his is just through like a, a essentially custodial with insurance. And I was thinking, Jesus, shouldn't he have like multi-sig set up with like trusted people rather than that? But apparently not. But I think like moving forward, like any company sort of getting into um, putting BTC on the, on the balance sheet really need to be looking at that like off the bat. I know Amber does that. So like, any custodial um, BTC they have. And this is my first question, like before I even um, had the podcast or anything, years ago, emailed them saying like, how, what's your security protocols? And they were like, oh, multi-sig and like went through like how they do it. Like, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. It's pretty awesome. So I think any company looking at it should should be doing it. So yeah, definitely worth having a play and, and exploring around for sure. Um Went into nodes as well. I think that the last big question I had for you is, um, well, it's kind of two parts. So, like, where do you go to learn about uh, new technologies and BTC and and all that sort of thing and decentralized tech, open source tech? And with that, how do you sort of utilize it for onboarding people if you do? Um, so like using the, the, the actual, like using Bitcoin to onboard people or so, using so what like, I learned. So like, where do you go to learn stuff? And then how do you yeah. apply that to, to teach people? Sure. Yeah. So when I, I mean, YouTube, I just like go down rabbit holes on YouTube of, uh, <laughs> learning about, about open source protocols or, um, just like new, new advances in Bitcoin. I think one of my favorite, uh, resources that i use it's not necessarily about learning about new tech i think i like learning about the philosophy behind bitcoin more than anything so mm-hmm. I, I love listening to 
just like the what is money podcast by uh, robert breedlove oh yeah he's awesome and, yeah so it's like one of my favorite series that he had i think it was mike oh i can't remember his last name um he was essentially just talking about how how similar like the ethos behind bitcoin is to like the the mythologies that like shape like humanity and are like the stories that shape reality and everything and so it's like little things like that when i was learning about how like like the the decentralization and like the structure of how it works matches so closely to how natural systems are in the world and also just like naturally how we share and exchange stories and information those are the types of things that really just get my mind flowing in new ways because more than anything like the the protocol that i use to take people through the process of creating their own goal-oriented game is it's really based on like the bitcoin protocol so when i start thinking about things in different ways i'll think oh okay so like like at this point in the protocol someone will submit their proof of work in the discord channel and then in order for them to to share it and get it out in the world they'll have to find a website whether it's teachable or they're listing it on a different website that's how i need to get it out in the world and so okay then i will ask myself like what would who's acting as the miner in this situation so it's just i'm more than anything like i like learning about bitcoin and different blockchain technologies not so much necessarily so i can use a specific software within it but to see i, I really want to like try to reverse engineer and make it as simple for myself and others to understand how the, the overall mechanisms work and then uh i'm excited when we get to the point it'll be it'll be a few mo- a couple months down the road with the people i'm working with but that's when we'll get a little bit more into the actual technologies so at this point it's more like the the underlying function of decentralization how proof of work works like the like the the relays between steps within a protocol um, those are the types of things that I'm always trying to extract and see how I can apply in existing uh, Web2 applications. That's so cool. So cool. That was a fantastic answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we'll have to leave it there. Thanks so much, Jack, for, for jumping in. I know it's, is it late over there now? Uh, it's getting there. Yeah, yeah, that's what it might be. So I'll, uh, I'll let you go. Yeah. But um, best places for people to reach out to you, um, Twitter, is that probably the best place for you? Or like yeah, what's Twitter, 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 yeah, Twitter, just train farb, T-R-A-I-N-F-R-E-F-A-R-B. <laughs> what? Uh, so before, before you, where did that name come from? Is that like your nickname or like, yeah, what is that? <laughs> um, you know, like with, with everything I'm working on and just like decentralization, I feel like everyone's kind of hiding mind, like, oh, we're changing the world with this. So I like to just have fun with it. If you change the B and the T, like the first and the last letter, it's, it's brain fart. So that's where it came from. <laughs> Classic. Oh, that's, that's that awesome. is the perfect way to end a podcast. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so much, Jack. This, this has been awesome. We'll um we'll have to catch up again soon. And yeah, feel free to jump into the school of Bitcoin uh, meetups. We've we've moved the the day, so hopefully that works out for you. But yeah, um, yeah, sing out if not. And um, yeah, we'll we'll chat again soon. Okay. Cool. Talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Adios. Shit.